Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam, Lady Chow Fung, and Kenny for another episode of Wuxia Weekend. And today we're going to be talking about a film called Have Sword Will Travel. This is a 1969 Cheng Che film. It stars David Cheng, Ti Lung, uh, Ching Li, and Ku Fung. And it's uh, um, it's about an uh, an escort company that's going to be ambushed by a bunch of bandits. And the leader of the escort company is a sort of ailing swords master. He has this tremendous sword, but his, his hands are sort of shaky. And, he, and, and it looks like he's, he's, he's too ill to properly protect the company. And, and so there's a, um, you know, that's sort of the, the core plot, but there's also a, a love triangle in the mix. And it's kind of an odd film. It's, a, um, it's an, I guess, an early Chang Che movie. So it feels a little bit like some of the more classic films that he's done, like The Assassin or The One-Armed Swordsman. But I thought that the structure of this one was a little bit unusual. So uh, I don't know. First, I want to get people's opinions on the movie, but then I kind of want to talk about the flow of the film and how it's a little different from some of the other movies that we've reviewed. Yeah, and I I started the movie with a bit of a mixed feelings about it because I, I kind of felt that it was a very slow to start. Um, it, it took a long time to sort of ramp up to the climax, but when the when when the big fight happens at the end, you know, I, I felt that you know it, it very it thoroughly paid off in, in a sense that you know it, the, the build up was worth it. Um, but the first hour and the bit of the movie was for me a bit of a slog to get through i agree i like the movie but it is a slower pace than what we usually see from the iron triangle uh, things don't get started right away there's a lot of character building um a lot of kind of not really suspense building but there's a little tension building and it does come to a wonderful climax and I feel like at the end of the movie, you end up with um, what you wanted, good entertainment, good story, a good film. And you're, well, for me, I was emotionally satisfied. Yeah, the uh, bring up the assassin, I mean, that's a little slower pace, too. That's definitely a good comparison. Although I'd say this probably starts slower than the assassin starts, at least for me. Because, yeah, I... It took me a little while to get into it. It wasn't that it was bad or anything. It just, it just, it just took a little while to get going. But I think, I think ultimately it does pay off. I think, I think the the time it spends during the first hour probably helps make the uh, the climax work better. And because, but yeah, by the the second half of the movie is great. I, I around the the whole by by the time you get to the whole horse selling thing, which it's. I was I was invested in the movie by that point, and I feel like everything from that point on, I was I was really into the movie, and it only gets better from that point on. Yeah, and I, I had a I think I had a similar reaction actually. I was kind of like uh, having a lot of trouble getting into it initially. It was very slow. Part of that too was I wasn't I just wasn't necessarily in the mood for for a movie when I watched it. This was my first time seeing it, and sometimes that'll have a big impact. So I was sitting there mm-hmm. trying to sort of you know give the movie a shot and. And, and what I will say is everything, everything they were doing, they seemed to be doing right. So I felt that it was sort of me punishing the movie for being too slow. Like, like uh, that opening sequence with the silhouettes was great. I thought that was mm-hmm. a really fabulous opening sequence. And as I watched the movie, I was paying close attention to every shot and the shots were all beautiful. And 
one of the things I feel about Chang Che is his movies get more exciting as time goes on, but they get less beautiful as time goes on. Like some of his mm-hmm. early films, the, yeah. the, the, the way that he shoots them is, is amazing. And this has that look to it. But uh, but it is slow. It, it's almost like a 1950s style pacing. Like you're you're you really kind of have to sit here and like watch the characters unfold themselves slowly. Um, but like everybody said, it does pay off at the end. So it's sort of a double-edged sword. It's like, on the one hand, it is slow. I'm not going to lie to people about that. The opening part of the movie takes a good deal of effort, I think, to really invest yourself in. But if mm-hmm. you do, when they get to that, that final battle, all the stuff that they laid the groundwork for does pay off in the final fight sequence there's there's you know there's the, especially the stuff involving the love triangle but it all does kind of you know uh it is kind of built on all that stuff that they lay down very slowly and taking their sweet time at the beginning of the movie um, yeah you know you, you mentioned the title sequence the silhouettes and stuff too and i think that almost works against it because this really exciting kind of <laughs> artistic title sequence you're like wow this is going to be really exciting you know then it's then it kind of has that slow build at the beginning is very different than the title sequence led me to believe it would be so it uh it's kind of almost a mismatch mismatched credit sequence yeah i mean i i chang che is really good at the sort of opening title sequences Mm -hmm. this one this one that one really grabbed me you know that one really worked well for me um (laughs) But in general, I thought the filmmaking in it was really, especially with like the stuff with the slow motion. He was really, you know, he's known for that, but he was using it very effectively, I thought, in this movie. Yeah, I thought thought that too. Um, that was one of my comments that I was going to make was the the slow motion really brought out the lightness techniques of the yeah. characters for me. It made you actually look at it and see how a kind of like delicate balance there is between if you had just shot it normally yeah. and using the slow motion. I also noticed, I don't. I think that he was having them behave a little differently for the shots that he was shooting in slow motion. Like it really kind of looked like the actors were, they were flailing a little bit more to give the slow, slow motion more of an effect. Do you know what I mean? And in the shots where it wasn't slow motion, the, their actions looked a little bit tighter to me. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And, and and like you said, the lightness thing, I thought that this was a, in terms of wuxia, th- this is clearly a wuxia film. This is not a kung fu movie. And it's a it's a film that you 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 know it from the beginning because of the just the rampant use of lightness technique throughout the movie. And, you know, the the sort of array of characters with all kinds of different weapons and all that stuff. It just had all the sort of, you know, features of a of like a really sort of classic wuxia film. Um, but I, but I quite like, and again, there, there, I feel like there are a lot of movies in this period where you see that lightness Kung Fu being used in this way, but it was, it was very, it was very sort of woven into the texture of the movie, the way that they did it. Like there's just, there's a lot of slow motion lightness Kung Fu sequences of people leaping through trees. And it's that early lightness Kung Fu with the trampolines rather than sort of the extensive use of wire work and stuff. So, I think there was a little bit of wire work there in was. some parts. But, oh, yeah. and I, I just wanted to uh, mention that nice little jingle they had whenever anyone was doing the lightness kung fu. Mm-hmm. And then they, I can't, I, I can't, I, I'm sure this was present in other movies as well, but it just particularly stood out to me in this one whenever there was any, because like, you just hear this like strange little unique jingle yeah. that comes up every time any, any slow motion stuff happens. It's like, oh, that's a... Uh, yeah, it kind of, of reminded... Key. 
it kind of reminded me of like you know how um the six million dollar man yep that yeah. tv are, show whenever he was doing anything bionic it would have that certain sound are you, are you well i just want to clarify kenny the sound that you're talking about was it that harmony on the strings or was it I like think so i'm sorry I think so. I don't remember what it sounds like now. I just remember definitely every time someone was jumping around, there was like a, either, either it was a jingle or a strum or something like that. Yeah, I think that's like a, a chord or a harmony on some kind of stringed instrument because like it it sounds to me like the same the same sound from One Armed Swordsman, right? Like there was a that they would. I remember them throwing in this harmony like that, and I I don't know. We'd, we'd have to go back and check, but. Uh, but either way, I I, I, I I agree with you. I I, I thought that was was an interesting aspect to it. Um, I also thought that the uh, well, I don't know. Do we want to, do we want to talk about the final sequence? Do we want to get into that yet, or do we want to cover other things? Because the final sequence was the one that I found the most impressive of the whole movie. Yeah, it was definitely the most impressive. I guess there's plenty of other stuff in the movie that we could talk about. Like I want to just. Well, like, I'm curious okay. about the horse and and you know okay. and and how, and how they've sort of like I don't know I, I I was expecting more to happen with the horse to be honest uh, there was the whole selling sequence but at the end I was like hoping for some sort of like weird I... heroic sequence with the horse or um <laughs> you know an impressive charging sequence of some sort I don't know I don't know what I, I was thought... expecting but I was expecting something with the horse <laughs> I I liked the stuff with the horse I thought number one it was part of the world building and I do think this movie did a good job of building a world where they had the inns and all the locations and all the escort companies and all the, like that tower and like there were all these locations that were clear like I, I was imagining this vast place that they inhabited and I thought that the horse scene was kind of part of that but it also was a really important section of the movie for um for the for the love triangle do you know what I mean the um the yeah. the, the what, what was the woman's name Yoon Mrs. Yoon and the uh, low Miss Yoon yeah yeah and, and Lo Yi it sort of you know it was it was uh it was, it's it was... what bonded them together. I think for me, it was the horse was his best friend. Then he meets this woman and she shows him that he loves her, that she loves him by buying the horse back. Not necessarily that she loves him, but that she cares about him. You just don't buy a horse back for anybody. No, and she was in love with him, I think. I think she was. Oh, very yeah, by much then, oh, yeah. I think she was clearly in love with him. That was kind of like her love token to him. Yeah. And, you know, he, I think, had fallen in love with her back at the dinner table where the three of them were sitting, and he had said something. She had said something to him, and he said, No one's ever told me that before. You're the first. And I think that caused him to fall in love with her. And yep. then the whole triangle comes a bit, but I think the horse was really important it, to the relationship. Yeah, that cemented it. But yeah, I think I, I, I honestly I thought a little I, in the back of my mind I had kind of uh, Guo Jing and Red Pony from Legend of Condor Heroes in my head. The way he would talk to the horse and everything. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't like Guo Jing in a lot of ways. He was a lot sharper a character than <laughs> Guo Jing, but but the way that I mean, it, it, it like I said, everything plays out differently. But the way. You know, Red Pony plays a role with him giving her yeah. away. You know, and that's that's like a part where where Huang Rong really falls in love with him. I kind of, I kind of had that that whole, you know, there, there was kind of a similarity there to me, which maybe I'm reading too much into, but it, it, I, I saw something. Well, he, he had a relationship with the horse that felt like it was important, and that's why yeah. he, that's why it was somewhat well, moving when he sold the horse. I think, 
And... I, I like I like too that he didn't that, that they never quite got into his backstory. It's like okay, he's this guy who is poor, but he clearly had money at some point. And they I kind of like that they never ever cleared that up for us in any way. It just was this thing about him that was a mystery. No. What did you guys think about the love triangle? Because I, I, I thought that this felt like, a, to me, it felt like a very different love triangle than I've seen in a lot of these movies. Like it, it was, I mean, clearly love triangles are a trope and they're common, but something about the way this one was presented to us, the maybe the order in which all the characters were introduced felt like it was out of the, the usual order and that the people that I would normally identify with, I was not identifying with. And so I was sort, I sort of saw this as like a, um, like it was an intrusion into the existing couple that we saw at the start of the film. Cause we, cause it opens up and we see T Lung and, and Ching Li and they're, uh, they're, they're clearly, you know, they're, they're going to get married or whatever. And he has to like throw the dart at her, uh, at her, at her flower. And he, and he does it as all these bandits are attacking them. So it's like a really charming scene where he's all casual and he's fending <laughs> off bandits, but he's also talking with his lady love. And it just feels like, okay, this is like the couple in the movie. And then when the David Chang character shows up, she instantly falls in love with like, it's just like, boom, she does like a, a 180 and she's suddenly in love with the David Chang character. And you kind of sympathize with T. Lung's jealousy. Do you know what I mean? No, no. Early on, I sympathize with uh-huh. it, but he threw, he threw my sympathy away fairly quickly. Now, what did he do to throw <laughs> it away? Uh, it was just his constant, constant suspicion. I mean, he was, you know, I mean, by the time, but, but it was well grounded. It was, it was, it was, it was like a, like she, she was in love with the other guy, right? Oh well, I mean, yeah, uh, no, I mean, it just his, the way he was making it suspicion about the intentions. Oh, of, oh, of of, of the David Chang. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the way okay. he was, it's like clearly you're you're jealous for love reasons but you're trying to turn this into making him look like he's in league with bandits i see is, okay that see. was that was what what spoiled I, for me if he'd been more upfront about i mean i don't know being upfront about jealousy is always a complicated thing but i don't know i, I didn't it, go ahead no i want to hear dion's it. opinion on this because yeah, exactly. i see reacted first when i said that to so see the floor here i didn't like um T. Lung's character from the beginning, from, I don't know, something about him uh-huh. from the onset of the movie just thought made me think arrogance. Oh, he was definitely oh, arrogant. He was definitely and arrogant. That's why I had no sympathy for him. It's not like he treated her really bad from the onset, but it was just, and I know his arrogance is supposed to come through, but it just, from the moment I saw him, I don't know if it's the way that he was dressed or his makeup or just his posturing or whatever, but he was arrogant from the moment he stepped on the screen, in my yeah. opinion, and mm-hmm. that didn't give me any sympathy. And I don't really, I think it took a while for her to fall in love with him. I think she started to like him when they were holding the sword after that one battle, but then she quickly fell in love with him. I think at the very beginning, it was just a kind of admiration of someone who had tremendous skill that surpassed her aunts in the hidden weapon kind of category. And then after that battle that they had and he saved her and they held onto the sword too long, then that's when it all changed. I, f- I felt like she was falling in love with him when he went, like, by the time he shows up at the escort company, 
and sits down with them at the table. The the way the way she's looking at them at him and the way that she's behaving around him felt like she was definitely moving away from being interested in Ti Lung and being more interested in him. Um, you could see that the admiration was building by then, but I think that she totally fell off that ledge when the when they held the sword too long. And yeah, I would agree. I would agree that 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 seemed like it was like that was sort of in there because they they were trying to be polite about things. Do you know what I mean? And uh-huh. so, yeah, I, I agree with you about that. But but I think that. Um, that dinner scene really it had a big impact. I thought. I thought that that the Chingley did a really good job of of uh, of making us believe that she was falling in love with this guy, and and I thought they had chemistry, even though they were kind of just seated at the table and they weren't really like engaged in any serious way. Do you know what I mean? Uh huh. Um, I think she had more chemistry with um, uh, David Chang's character than T Lung's character. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree mm-hmm. with that. But I still was resentful towards David Chang early on. Like I, I, I felt like he was an intrusion, and he took it took most of the movie for him to win me over. Do you know what I mean? Really? And then he did. See, I found this slight like it's okay. So you mentioned the beginning scene where you know they're lying around talking about flower, like talking about throwing the darts and the flowers and all that, right? Yeah. See, yeah. I, I felt also, uh, yeah, but, but, but when that first came up, it was actually a generic flirting scene or whatever. But as time went on through the movie and seeing more about how Dylan's character was acting, I kind of felt like um, Miss Yun at that point, uh, referring back to that scene, was actually just, like, trying to get out of, like, proposing the marriage. Like, she was going to try and set up an impossible task for him to do, or a very difficult task. Like, she was, like, yeah, she wasn't going to reject him outright, because, you know, she obviously cares for him, but just maybe not in the way that um, he was hoping for. And... It's one of those things where I think, you know, back in, you know, that time period, I guess, there's the whole sort of well, you don't have, you can't see anything better, so you may as well settle. Well, you can settle for the best that you can get, right? And okay. yeah, he was handsome, but and I kind of agree with Dion as well. Like he, even from the get go, Dion's character was arrogant, of course, but he also gave off the air of like a false gentleman. Like the way, like she, well, she said, like, oh, don't move until I tell you, tell you to, and he like peeks, uh-huh. that, peeks out of okay, that peeks okay, under the cloth as so, well. Like yeah. he, he, he's got the, you know, he's not like a bad guy or anything but you can just tell like he's not as upright as he might appear at first and that's sort of like you know part of the scene in my mind of like oh he's not that great after all and Uh yeah i I kind of thought it was perfectly understandable that you know when someone charming skillful and like completely upright which is like you know the sort of contrasting against he lung's character shows up i I can see why she would fall for him well clearly i've been outvoted in this one so what i want (laughs) to ask people is how how did you guys feel about the outcome of it then because obviously she doesn't spoilers for people who haven't seen the movie and it is on amazon prime so people should go and watch it if they have prime but uh you know we have that we have that great sort of final battle sequence and then at the end of it david cheng is dying and and it's and it's kind of like it's one of these sort of classic really macho cheng che things where he doesn't want the woman to see him die or whatever so he's trying to walk off like he's not dying um and it's really not working like it's really it's 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 it 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 was an interesting sequence because it's almost it almost veers into comedy because it becomes so difficult for him to keep up the charade of it but how how did you guys feel about i don't know her ending up with t lung basically 
and having this really awkward final moment with uh with the david chang character i was disappointed that she didn't end up with him but i kind of understand um he basically sacrificed himself so that she could be not really happy but better off Mm -hmm. because with him he was poor and he never knew where his next job was going to come from or where he was going to have money and he was thinking that at least with T. Long's character, she would be more stable and more steady. And, um, you know, the, their families, I guess, expected them to get married because he was the disciple of her aunt and they were so close that, you know, it would be better for her to end up together instead of with T. Long instead of being with him and always having some kind of cloud of suspicion of being a bandit over top of them. And it just made him made it easier for him to sacrifice himself. And it proves that he was the better man in the end uh, than T. Lung's character, because he was able to, to do that for her. Yeah. And and he did do it because he didn't realize that they were going to be getting married until the, the head of the escort company told him in that moment. And then he had, didn't he had a premonition, right? He has a vision right, of himself yeah. dying, which was real. I, I mean, it, you know, it, this is kind of classic Chang Che, but just the way he did it, I thought was was really effective. That that mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I didn't realize it's a premonition at first. I glanced at the time left in the movie. I'm like, wait, there's 20 <laughs> minutes. How? Well, that's gonna happen for 20 minutes after he dies here. Oh, oh, okay. Then. <laughs> and, but the premonition was different, just different enough. That yeah. that it you know you, you weren't a hundred percent sure if it was gonna well, so oh go ahead and yeah the difference with the premonition which also ties into my feelings about the ending is the the premonition it's just him going off and dying heroically but I mean in in reality he actually interacts with T Lung's character and there's some kind of understanding between them and I mean I feel like you know. I feel like T. Long's character learns something by the end. I mean, it's like maybe he wasn't going to be as big a jerk about things. It's like, so you know, it feels like he, he kind of, he, well, uh, you know, I mean, obviously we don't see anything beyond the final scene of the movie, but there, there, there seemed to be some difference in the character by the end and then the, the jerk he'd been, you know, about an hour earlier in the movie. So, you know, I always gets a tragic ending too. It's meant to be a tragedy. So it's like, do I feel good about him about how it ended? No, I don't. But you weren't really how, supposed to. How would you rate it as a tragedy then? Because I mean, that that's definitely what this is. It's a tragic ending, and it's in the style of of Golden Swallow or The Assassin, where the the lead character yeah. is, you know, is really really put through it at the end. Yeah, it's it's a good tragedy. I mean, it's very inevitable too. I think a lot of good tragedies like you i mean you know by the midpoint of this movie i was pretty sure how this was going to end and it ended pretty much the way i expected but it it the fact that i was still really interested through watching this ending that was exactly what i predicted was going to happen says something that that means it it worked really well and you know what it reminded me of actually this the movie that it reminded me of came out later so it Really, that movie would have reminded me of this one, I suppose, had I seen yeah. it in the right order. But uh, Lady Hermit, it was very similar in that yeah. it had a tower at the end, like a mm-hmm. you know, like a tower oh, structure at the end, and and the love triangle is sort of resolved in a. Granted, Cheng uh, Cheng Pei Pei's character doesn't 
doesn't die like that, but she sort of sacrifices, you know, her her part of the equation in the love in the love triangle, and lets the two people be together. Um, but I would agree. I agree with what you were saying about him learning a lesson because. Again, I identified with that character throughout most of the movie, and that's at the point where I started to see the David Chang character in a different light, where I started to come around to being like, oh, okay, he's not so bad. He's, you know, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good guy after all. So, so, so I, I think he did. If uh, if I was if I was in his headspace enough in that moment, um, yeah, yeah. But, but I liked that his death was staggered like that. It wasn't like a neat, clean, heroic death. It was this really lingering. Well, he's kind of fine. No, he's not. And just kind of a, he kind of limps away. And you, you, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't nice and neat. It was, it was messy. I'm glad that he died in front of her mm-hmm. because I wouldn't want her to wonder what happened to him. And granted, you know, in these movies they could still live because, you know, that's the kind of movie they are. Yeah. But I'm glad that there was a final ending to that. She doesn't have to wonder where he is and she could live her life cleanly and peacefully yeah. with uh, T. Lung if she chose to do that. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I think sometimes they don't like that. That mentality doesn't provide a lot of closure sometimes, and and she definitely got the closure that she that she that she that I think she deserved. Um, but what what did you it's think? Because okay. I, I can't help but think like ah, if if he wasn't like so busy um, staggering away and you know, just lay down and himself get bandaged up, like he might still be alive. <laughs> Maybe but, you know, I don't know. He got that that stomach wound looked pretty lethal to me. That was like. It looked like he got stabbed yeah. in the small intestine or something. Uh, that that the from the um, bandit leader uh, played by Ku Fung, you know. Um, I and he had he had yeah. what four arrows in his chest. Yeah, he started uh, ripping them out. I'm like, don't, don't <laughs> you? That's the worst thing you could do right now. Leave the arrow alone. <laughs> Uh, no, he didn't listen to. But him. he, but I would agree with you, Kenny. He was not doing himself any favors. He wasn't even allowing people to help him either. He was, he he said he didn't, you know, he didn't he didn't want other, uh, you know, he didn't want to have to rely on other people. So so when T Lung goes over to assist him, he's like, you know, he's you know, really trying to to sort of you know uh uh you know suck it up as much as he possibly can, probably to his own detriment. Um, but you know, again, this is like a you know, this is like a um, what what is it a, a, a hard masculinity movie? You know, the sort of that that yeah. Cheng Che thing that he always does. Yeah. So, um, so it's 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 very it's very sort of John Wayne or uh, Clint Eastwood in style. Yeah, well, early on in this movie, you know, because it does start with uh, with with Ching Li and uh, and and uh, T Lung and everything, it's like it was it was a lot more romantic based and you know the, the the two guy thing that you get in uh in a chang Che movie but it's like by the final scene the final scene in the tower it's like finally finally it's truly become what chang Che movies well, I, will be i i think yes he, he, he had to progress to that because his early movies there often is this love element like in assassin yeah, yeah. you have it assassin, and in one yes. armed swordsman you have it i i think it adds a lot to his movies i think that I agree. I, yeah, I I, th- I think that it, it it's it's a good it's a good aspect to it. I also like that there's there's actual female martial heroes in some of these earlier movies. You know that 
you know, like like this woman, he does. It, there is sort of a thing where he he does rescue her from that pestilence guy, but um, I think it was pestilence at least. Maybe I. Uh, yeah, yeah, we but, gotta talk about him. Yeah, I do want to talk about it, uh, but but she's still like you know she's a capable hero in her own right. Um, yeah, and and so you know I, I I like it's a little bit more the the setting's a little bit more balanced in that way. Um, yeah, but, when he heads up to the tower, he's like, "Oh, you know," he's just like, "Yeah, they're just the followers." Like, I got it. I can, I can, I can, I can clean these guys out, no problem. So, so what should we say about pestilence? What were your thoughts on on the pestilence character? Why did he have to take out one arm from a sleeve and start fighting? I didn't get that either. I was very. <laughs> uns- I, that I, was I, my I, big thing. I I think that's uh, a samurai thing. Is it? Oh, really? Japan, yeah. So well, is he supposed to be a Japanese tropes. fighter, maybe? I don't think so, but I think it's one of those things which is pretty cool in that, uh, you know, you, like, bare your chest yeah. and shoulder and you, like, start wielding a weapon. It, it's pretty manly as far v- as... Visually, uh, it worked. Visually, maybe it's yeah. sort of like an early Chang Che. You know, the <laughs> costuming that we talk about in the later movies, maybe it's an early example of that, you know? Okay, that more practical... I just thought that was the weirdest thing. Like, he was... Obviously, he was lustful towards her, so I thought it was going to turn into like a race. That's what I thought. Ready? I don't know. It was just odd. Yeah, that's that's what I thought it was too. I thought I thought when I when he first did that, I was like, oh, is he just like he's disrobing, and that's like like the first step in the process for him? But like it it seemed kind of weird. Um, but I want to know why he was called pestilence. Seem like this robing to me, though. I didn't. I didn't read it that way. Just to give a contrasting opinion, it, uh, I wasn't sure why. Well, he no, was Kenny doing, didn't but... read it that way either. So I think that's yeah. a fair thing. It's just that. But I had Dion's reaction to it. I thought that. Uh-huh. It, I thought oh, that's I thought, a fair opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, but why was he called pestilence? Did I miss something? I don't know. I don't I think I, I, it's one of those weird martial names that probably doesn't really make much sense because because when he when he um when he when he wounds um uh the ching lee character mrs yoon uh later in the movie i was like oh his name is pestilence maybe maybe the wound is going to be infected with something or 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 is going to be poisoned and then she's going to die and that's going to be the thing that resolves the love triangle um but you know that wasn't the case so i thought it was just because he was a slimy person that could be it. That could be <laughs> yeah. it. Or he's like he's a pestilence of the martial world. He's just this this festering, it's, you know. It's, thing it's a nickname. That, that, was a nickname oh. that was put on him rather than what he adopted. Everyone just <laughs> just called so, him that. Oh, it's I, I think pestilence again. is just a translation thing. Um, yeah, I think technically, like from what I can tell from the Mandarin, it means his, his name is more along the lines of, yeah, person who brings bad omens, bad luck, bad Jojo. Okay. Bad, oh, okay. Bad, yeah, person who brings bad stuff, and pestilence is probably as close as you can get to that, which is a really good translation, actually, but okay. not exact. That's not... Yeah, because I, I, I was thinking of in terms of the four horsemen, so that, that does seem appropriate. Um, but, but yeah, he was he was sort of an, an unusual character, I thought. Uh what about just in terms of the? We, I mean, we, we've sort of danced around the final sequence, but like the movie is very long. It's sort of this slow build up, and then like the last thirty or forty minutes is just one long fight sequence. But it's really well done. Uh, what, what did you guys think of the fighting action in this movie? It was very brutal, I guess. Like it, um, 
and it was all very slow and deliberate as well. It wasn't like in some fight sequences you can get like you know um, ten twenty years down the line they tried to cover things up with like fast mo- motions and like flashy flares. But here it was all like everything was very sort of deliberate. They are cutting each other, and it just made it feel very um, what's the link from meaty, I guess. Would be. Yeah, you can hear the hacking. You can hear the yeah. hacking yes. into the meat and. I like it because it's at that point where it's still swashbuckly, but there's also a lot more stylistic stuff going on with like the the whirling around and the thing, you know, it, and you can see it all. And so the, you know, it's, it's all on the actors to kind of do it. And I, I really, I really like this period of of, uh, of fight choreography. It's 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 not quite as crazy as it as it later gets. There's like you know, the, it's if, if you know, it's, it's not you know, it, it doesn't get as intense as some of the later action sequences but it's got like a really brutal and and at times graceful feel to it yeah it had a real sense of a battle going on too between the two sides i mean you know the followers on one side the followers on the other them taking each other out i mean it it did feel like a battle scene not just a a a a fight scene exactly it it doesn't feel like they're just throwing random extras at the heroes it feels like okay there's a line of guys over here there's a line of guys over here we have to account for them eventually over the course of this fight and you can Uh see sort of the movement of the tactical movement of the people and it yeah i I agree with you it's got a real it's got like it's really grounded in something it does it it feels it it it's 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 uh again i i think that it's it's a it's a period where you're like you know, you can sort of look at the footwork and things like that, and it all kind of pays off. Um, yeah. but, but it's but it's peculiar because it's not what martial arts movies later become. It's sort of an in-between period. Yeah, well, I, th- I feel like it's kind of a war movie thing in some of the early early ones. Like, uh, was it is it seven Amazons or eleven Amazons? I've forgotten the number. Fourteen now. Amazons. Fourteen. <laughs> no, I wasn't even close. But, uh, as punishment, please. Adam, I'm gonna I'm gonna force you to watch the remake. Of fourteen Three, Amazons. Oh, okay, but, but you know that that was very much felt like a war movie to me. That was an early early yeah. movie too. But it, I think I think the war movie aspect kind of drains out of these movies as you move into the seventies. Yeah. But yeah, this this still had that going on at least in that last sequence. Yeah, I I I, I thought that was when I really liked. Like I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the movie, but when I got into the the final battle sequence. That's when I, I was like, okay, this is this has all been worth it's been worth the investment of time now that I'm getting all this. And now that all these emotional payoffs are happening during the course of the fight, because it does matter if you're going to have a battle that long. Like, how long was that final battle? Do you think it was 30 or was it longer? I think it was longer, like 40 minutes, maybe. Yeah, like it, the. Uh-huh. From the style yeah. of the fight scene, it yeah, was I mean, actually the, the, about there are lulls. There are a few hour. lulls. Yeah, it was about half an hour. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was twenty minutes at the point when he has the premonition. Like I said, I looked at the clock at that point, and I'm like, "There's twenty minutes yeah. left." And then we're going because I thought that was really and that was dying. after like ten or fifteen minutes of yeah. fighting, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'm saying that was pretty far in. So forty minutes is a reasonable estimate. So if we say forty minutes, that's a long fight to expect people to be paying attention to a lot of times people will stop paying attention i think that all the groundwork that they laid early in the movie is what makes it's sort of like it's why i think calling the movie a double-edged sword is a good way of describing it because you it is boring initially but you have to have that boring beginning to have the ending pay off the way it does it's not boring it's just slow pace you just have to 
get to know the characters and who they really are in order for that emotional payoff at the end. It's yeah, not boring. boring. Yeah, boring's a little harsh because okay. I mean, okay. uh, it was it was slow, and I I think once again, like with you, Brendan, I had to I had to watch this even though I was just like, yeah. okay, the podcast coming up in three hours. If I don't put this on now, I'm not going to get this done. And I was just I wasn't in a movie watching mood, so it took me longer to get into it. But uh, so you know, I think if I'd been you know if I, if I if I'd gotten around to watching it last night when I was in a more laid back, I'm going to kick back and watch a movie mood. It, it would have been easier to take, but I was I, I I was it was fighting the mood I was in. Yeah, no, and that, that I, I'm trying I'm trying to factor that into my description of the movie because that is definitely a thing that was going on with me. Um, yeah. But I was trying to be complimentary to it. What I was trying to say is like, even though I was <laughs> yeah. I was bored at that beginning part. It was essential. You couldn't change it. You couldn't. No. You couldn't spice no. it up because if you did, then the ending wouldn't have the payoff that it had. So mm-hmm. I, I sort of saw it as a necessary ingredient for the total movie that they were making. Yeah, um, it's not like this. Either. I mean, it's what an hour and forty minutes or something. You know, so it's like, you, you know, even even saying it's like, well, you know, that the first half is slower. It's it's not. The first half isn't all that long to get. No, no. Anyway. By, by Wusha movie standards, I would say it was slow. Like by the sort of. Oh yeah, yeah no, I'm yeah. just I got the length. I'm just yeah. saying to get through the slow portion doesn't require you to engage in a no, huge and, amount of time. Is my point. And there are some movies in the '90s that are way slower and longer than than this one. Oh ever. yeah, yeah. we so, watched some of them. Yeah, so so I mean, <laughs> just by 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 Cheng Che, you know action movie standards of the time is what we're going by here. We're not, you know, yeah. I'm just, the, the older ones that we, we watched have been slower paced. That's true. And the way, I think the later you get into the seventies, he becomes faster paced. And and again, it might've just been because of my mood, but I felt this felt different to me than say one armed swordsman or the assassin where those ones I was quickly invested in whatever was go- it was slower paced at the beginning but i just sort of connected to it very quickly and this one i just had a harder time connecting to that early material for some reason um but yeah i mean what was the movie like king and the assassin is that was it or the empress and the assassin or something like that i'll have to look it up there's a, a gong lee movie from the 90s that uh that i remember watching i i think i even have it on dvd still um and it and i every time i watch it i fall asleep like like I cannot, I cannot watch this movie without falling asleep because it's so long. Um, and similar reaction to the 2015 Assassin. I, 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 I want to pass out by the end of the movie. So it's not, it's not that level of slow pace. It's, it's, uh, you know, there's no danger of anybody falling asleep. It's just that <laughs> you got to kind of work your way through that beginning stage of the movie to get to the end. Um, yeah, I think they would agree too. There's kind of a sense of not really understanding what's going on in the first couple scenes, like when when David Chang's character is camping outside the pavilion, kind of thing. You know, wants to stay the night. It's like, in retrospect, that's setting up the fact he's not involved with them and that he really is this traveler yeah. going around. And so that it was useful having that scene in my head later. But when I was watching that scene, I'm like, what's that was, what's going on here? But that was one of my favorite <laughs> early moments in the movie because when that happened, he did that thing where he cuts the grass, and it's yeah, it, the action sequences were very surreal. I thought in those moments, like it was. It, there was something about the way he was holding the sword and the way that it didn't necessarily connect to the action he had just performed, but it was very striking. Do you know what I mean? It just, mm-hmm. 
I, th- I thought there was some really interesting stuff going on uh, in those. Yeah, scenes. I was, think it's a surreal thing. The scene at the beginning with just those bandits showing up while, you know, while while they're kind of having their, their little love moment and stuff, and then they're just kind of randomly fighting them. That felt, felt really strange. It's just like, it's just, the, the, the bandits attacking them were incidental to the romantic scene they were having. That was a, an odd And the moment. murderers, and, and just sort of the cold, like killing of people <laughs> and, and, and nobody nobody had any change in facial expression it was yeah, yeah. Were, but that yeah, that's they were all lovey-dovey and still killing that that's i thought that scene was super cool that that was a set yeah, like was what weird. i liked about that scene is it was basically the opening of any movie where the the hero and the heroine are walking together and being all romantic in like a nice scenic location with the added zest of bandits attacking them but but like you said they keep the facial expressions as if the bandits aren't even there it's a yeah well, actually you know to compare to the assassin again the assassin starts with a scene with the you know the, the hero and heroine are in this field together having a romantic moment and it's like it's like i would do that scene again but it needs it needs a fight going on <laughs> that's that's kind of what i feel like was going through shang chi's head with that and he's still was, and and he still gets the dart through the flower too which is why yeah. I was sold on the love story. Cause it's like, well, his martial arts are clearly incredible. And so that's like a, sh- that, that means that they're like, you know, a couple <laughs> fated for, for, you know, to be together in these movies. When he did that, I was like, show off. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing though. Here's the thing. That's the one time in the movie that tech, that's like, you know, apparently that's the big Yun weapon technique is their secret weapon mm-hmm. technique. And there is no other time, time in that movie where it, ever works again at any point like i was as at that point i was keeping track of it people would always catch it or it would miss someone yeah. you know it's just like come on this this you and weapon technique isn't uh isn't isn't impressing me at the moment was was i the only one who wanted to learn more about their master the 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 lady yeah uh, you know that oh, yes that, well, no, that... no no you weren't i should say not okay yet. Yeah, because I, I thought that we got this really interesting glimpse into this larger martial world that they were yeah. part of. And I was so curious about because like, man, she must be incredible with that. Like that dart thing sounds really interesting. And, and we never got a we never got a hear of her. I feel like I, I feel like kind of like you said before, there was a lot of that. And maybe it's good that they didn't paint those details in because it kept you curious. But yeah, once you know every detail, you're in this kind of closed universe. It's like I like I always like movies to have some a couple of threads that just trail off and just give give you a feeling of reality. And I, I liked the uh, same with the uh, the head of the the escort company. We know that he's this great swordsman. He has this sword that's sort of you know like kept on display, and they're all they're all procedural about it when like the sword gets taken out, and he and he and but he's got the shakes, and so you never really get to see the sword get used in a tremendous way, but it's this weapon that sort of, it's sort of like, it's like, it, it's like the opposite of Chekhov's gun. It's like the sword is there <laughs> and you're expecting it to get used in some, some significant way by the end of the movie. And it really doesn't pay off. And, but there was something kind of nice about that, you know, uh, cause you know, you still know, you still are sort of imagining all the things that this weapon would do. Um, and it's, it's one of the, what is it? The nine ring saber or whatever. Nine saber, yeah. yeah. Like I, 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 the the moment they showed that, I was like, "Oh man, I, I want to see them use this because it's 1969. <laughs> I want to see some early nine ring saber, you know, choreography going on." And we didn't nope. get any. Um, nope. But 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 I think it was I think it was a good sort of res- use of restraint on 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 his part. You know, it was it was better that they didn't. Um, but yeah, so I don't know any any other. 
any other thoughts or feelings about this movie? I think I think we've had a very robust conversation, so it obviously got a reaction out of people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, well, uh, be- before we move on to sort of final analysis, final sort of recommendation thing, any any additional thoughts? Nope, I'm good. Oh, we never talked about um, Kufang as the villain. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I always feel like that's, uh, that's something that we, we sort of forget um, to, to talk about. Uh, about Kufung or about the villains? You... Oh, I, I guess both. Because yeah. <laughs> he, he often like is the villain. So, uh, um, I mean, I thought this was a decent villain. It's it's not like my favorite Kufung role, but I mean, he was, a, he was a nice sort of, you know, dangerous bad guy. And, uh, and, and he kind of had sort of a I don't know. Something about his eyes in this one were were a little bit more mesmerizing than normal. There was sort of a Tony Soprano type thing going on with his eyes that I thought that I thought worked well. Um, I like how professional he was. He was just really no nonsense. He yeah, went about yeah. his business during the final the final battle scene. He's kind of conducting the battle. It's just like he's just this this like you know. I mean, I haven't watched Sopranos as we've talked about, which we are going to fix, but uh, I. I feel like you comparing him to to someone organized crime. Yeah, he's just this organized crime boss doing his thing. Yeah, that's that's what he's doing in this movie. There's no he wasn't you know vast evil thing. And he and he wasn't he wasn't like a show off. Like he he was smart. Like there was that scene where he and David Chang had the confrontation, and David Chang's like, "Well, the next time you ask me that question, I'm going to kill you." And he yeah. let it go. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't, you know. He he, he, he walked away. Okay. Yeah. In, yeah, in a lot of ways, he was a better martial artist than some of the other characters in the movie. For that reason, he was able to kind of not, 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 you know, engage. to sort of not engage in the violence. Uh, yeah, and as far as the organized crime angle, his logic too. It's like when he's when he's, you know, talking to David Chang. It's like he's like, oh, you're going. David Chang's like, you're going to steal his silver, and it's like it's not his silver, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like come that. on, <laughs> he's just delivering it. That, that's that was just I'm like, yeah, that's that's very organized crime logic there. But uh, and also like think of the bloodshed that could have been averted if they just had let him take it. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I know, I know. It's just I, I was, you know, I don't know why you can't work with me. I'll cut you in. Everyone will walk away a little richer. What's what's the problem here? But uh, yeah, I, I did like how thorough his planning was. I mean, to have like men left to ascend the tower after um, David Chang and uh, Tidon's character had already gone up was uh, sort of not something you usually see from like from villains in in Wuxia movies. So that's like a next level of planning that, that yeah really screwed over David Chang in the end. So. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree with you, and 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 I think I think that that tower was really well done so you know yeah. you, you sort of it sort of you know, again it reminded me of of uh, uh lady hermit but also uh game of death as well the sort of famous te- you know tower sequence where he has to go up the different levels and fight the different people um but but yeah i i thought i thought that was a uh, uh i i thought he was a very strong villain it just it, you know i i think he developed so much as an actor after this that some of his later roles are left more of a mark for me um but also i you know this is my first time seeing it so maybe if i see it again i'll notice some of the subtleties of the character more um so yeah so i don't know what's everybody's uh sort of rating and recommendation on the uh 
one to five scale? Ooh. <laughs> it's tough because, like, while I enjoyed the movie and, yeah, thought that the first half was, yeah, absolutely necessary for the whole movie, like, it it starts off as like a two for me going up to a four and yeah. do i average that and say it's a three that feels a bit too harsh because it, <laughs> it was I, I i'm in a bit of a dilemma here so. that was the number that was the number that i was that when i first saw the movie i was like <laughs> i'm gonna give it a three so i yeah. think that's I, I think i and it was similar reason it was a very similar reason um uh but i don't know adam and dion what do you guys think uh I see. I think it went from a two, and by the end, it had gone up to a five. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a four, just okay. because I think the ending of this movie was really, really strong, or strong enough that, you know, I, I walked away from this movie thinking, wow, that was that was really, really enjoyable. So it was it was well worth the little effort to get into it for me. Yeah, I'm giving it a, a four. Um, I think it's one of the one of the best Iron Triangles, even though it was an early one. I just loved the way that the movie flowed, even though the beginning was slow, but I liked the development of the characters and I liked everyone who was in it. The battle scene at the end was amazingly done well, um, considering it was 1969 and, you know, we saw all the movies that came later before that. So, um, I really enjoyed the story. It didn't seem like really typical of a story, something ho-hum and you see it all the time. It was a different take on it. And I don't know, I'm just going to mention this for some reason, David Chang's character was kind of a cross between Robin Hood and Peter Pan for me. And I think it was the look that was on the screen okay, and not so much of his act. But I don't know. Every every time I've watched, it, I've watched it three times now. It's been the, my the first thought as soon as I see him on the screen, Peter Pan, and then I flip to Robin Hood. But he doesn't do anything that either of those characters he, do. He's, it's he's, just the look. I always he's trying to convince him. people he isn't a bandit. You go and yeah. compare him to a bandit. I, I think <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be very I, very offended. I always think of him as James Dean. That's sort of the the comparison that always leaps to my mind. And here, to me, he felt like a cross between James Dean and John Wayne. Like that real, like that 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 was one of the most macho death scenes that I, you know. Like, he's oh, just yeah. like you know, just take. He's he's. It was it was a real sort of classic you know manly man type death scene, and uh, and so it, it was kind of it was kind of. Because you know he sort of has that James Dean vibe, I thought it was an interesting ending. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. I I uh, I, I think that the ending is of the movie is really strong. I think everybody can agree a hundred percent with that, and I think that yeah. most of us agree it's 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 a good movie. And so you know, I, I think our our if we averaged out our ratings, it's like what a three and a half stars basically. So yeah, uh, I'd say too. Another reason I gave it a four is I think I think I'd like the beginning better on a subsequent view because yeah. now I know the characters. I feel like I wouldn't be spending that time getting to know them. I'd be appreciating yeah. the character work from the beginning. And I think I think it would I think it would go smoother that time. No, I agree with you. I, I feel I, I feel like I do need to see this movie again to give it like I think I have to give it a more fair hearing just because I wasn't in the mood and that usually does sort of knock them down a peg for me. Um, but also the fact that by the end I was like you enjoying myself 
says a lot. So um, I'd be curious how I'd react to that earlier section of the movie now that I know what's coming down, you know, you know, I might, I I might be paying more attention to some of the details. I might be more interested in some of the, some of the, uh, you know, smaller moments of the movie. So, so yeah, I don't know. Um, again, the movie's on prime. I think people should go check it out if they, if they are curious about it, if our discussion got them interested. Uh, there's a lot of these movies on prime. So I always encourage people to go there. If you want to see celestial pictures, Shaw brothers stuff, it's a good place to go. There's also a lot of other martial arts movies there. Um, and, and yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll be back on next week with another film. And we also are going to, um, oh yeah, we also have uh, Patreon, which we encourage people to go and contribute to, uh, there are reward tiers. And so you can go and check those out. And what the Patreon does is it helps us to, you know, every once in a while we have to buy DVDs and mail them to people, or we have to replace a broken mic or, you know, I don't know. You know, Adam gets a busted kneecap, and we have to help him out. You know, his you know his his he's a uh, degenerate gambler. So you know, it's, it's one of these things. So you're... Uh, my system is, is my system's coming together. Just give me, <laughs> give me give me a little more time. So so your Patreon will help pay for Adam's gambling, you know, issues and for our 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 mic problem. So. Uh, the, and so, you know, we, we encourage people to go check out the Patreon page. And, uh, and yeah, and also we got Wusha Workshop coming up. I think uh, the next movie, I know there's going to be an in-between film. I can't remember what the in-between movie is. But uh, I, I have, I have a, a fresh Blu-ray of uh, Chinese Ghost Story here. And Ooh. I'm going to be mailing that out so that we can do the uh, Wusha Workshop version of it. And, uh, and, yeah, so we'll be back on next week. And until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.